Welcome to today's podcast, Scaling with People. I'm going to recur your host. I have Sam Droshak, who is the co-founder and chief process scientist at Truval with me. The mission is to assist businesses in reducing wasteful activity by providing them with innovative tools, software, and expert content. With over a decade of experience, Sam is in management consulting and has worked with companies in financial services, resources, legal services, media, and digital services to simplify and improve their operations using business science fundamentals. Sam's also the author of Becoming a Conscious Business. Oh, I can't wait to check that out and learn more about it. It's a book that explores the efficiencies of biological systems and how to apply them to modern businesses. Learning Leading his team at Truval, Sam helps organizations achieve maximum efficiencies in business processes and energy flow. Sam has also developed the Truval Mapping Language, TML, a universal processing mapping language adopted as the standard for multiple large enterprise globally. Sam has been a feature speaker at IIBA and Columbia University, sharing his experience in process consulting. He's also proudly featured in the Top 100 magazine, recognized for his exceptional contributions to process mapping language. Sam's expertise spans process improvement, cost reduction, operational redesign, and more, working with global firms and Silicon Valley clients. He holds an MBA from the University of Richmond, a BA from the University of Virginia, and certificates in Lean, Six Sigma, Change Management, and Project Management. Well, welcome, Sam. What a great background. I can't wait to start talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me, you started a business and a lot of my listeners are in the same boat. They're founders and CEOs of startup companies. What's been the biggest struggle that you have seen as you started to build your business, bring on your first 10 employees and, and start creating this product you're working on? Sure. I think the, the, the most challenging part of the beginning that most entrepreneurs I think would face is just starting from blank page and trying to generate momentum and try to generate new rhythms and patterns. So for me... I think having an idea, it was the first thing to find a co-founder, find people that were willing to share this vision and share that journey with me. But I spent probably six months to a year just on this company meeting sporadically and trying to build momentum and really trying to solidify what our objectives were, what our goals were, how we we're going to do it. And it's it's like that initial part of building a sandcastle where you're packing sand and you don't know what it's going to be and it's just getting washed away constantly. That's what it feels like. So I think building momentum, I'd say, is the biggest challenge in starting a business. And it's been for me, especially. Yeah. And and probably the grit to not give up, to know what that what you're working towards is something that's going to make it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, it's got to be something that you want to invest energy in on a regular basis and, and consistently. And that's that momentum piece. So building a container that you feel passionate about, that you can constantly come back to, whether you want to or not, you're just drawn to it. That's the the tricky part. It's sort of that fire starter to get a business going. Makes sense. So tell me a little bit about your business. I know I kind of introduced it, but give me a little bit more information. Absolutely. So Truval is a software company at its heart. And what we're trying to do is automate consulting. That's the easiest way to put it. And when I talk about automating consulting, when we think about hiring a consultant, we think about hiring somebody who's got an advanced skill set, who we don't have internally. They've got a knowledge that's pretty uh, experienced and somebody that we need to come in and do something very tactical and very complicated. So the idea to automate that skill set, not a lot of people are talking about it, but using process science as a base, we're trying to build good process fundamentals into software solutions so that people can become their own consultants. And that will make this advanced level of consulting applications 
accessible to small and medium businesses that might not have the budget to hire, you know, more expensive consultative resources. So that's what we're doing in a nutshell. Everything we do is process science driven. It's a fairly new domain of knowledge. And we're trying to really carefully translate all that knowledge into easy to use software solutions. And, and I'll give you one more tidbit. Our first product is a process mapping software. So as, when you do any sort of consultative or process work, being able to document it properly and reduce the learning curve and the complexity there is one of the biggest obstacles to people getting into this type of work. So our very first product we're launching soon is a process mapping utility to do just that. So tell me, I mean, you just talked about like onboarding as a benefit, but what are the benefits of process science and improving the employee and employer relationship? Sure. So process science addresses most parts of a business. When we talk about when I talk about process science, I envision a business as a collection of processes. So everything that you're doing to create value for your marketplace is the result of a process taking in capital, taking in human labor and transforming that into something that the market wants. So when you look at it that way, process science really impacts everything. But especially when you're talking about the employee employer relationship, how to activate people, how to create sustainable value for your employees as they work with you. That's all about having an advanced grasp on your processes, an advanced grasp on your systems. And that's really the type of work that process science does. It analyzes processes, it manages them over time, it improves them. And there's a lot there that can be done. So I can talk about any more of that and more nuance, but it, it's really quite a broad field. Well, yeah, let's talk about, let's dive in a little bit about how a startup company, a founder or CEO can put this into play for a good employer-employee relationship. What does that look like? What does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest, in the way the process science talks about employee morale, because the best way to have a good employee relationship, for instance, is having, you know, let's say positive morale employees. You need to have employees that have authority and you need to have employees that have autonomy. And when that translates into action, it's how do I build an operating model or a process model that's always making sure my people know what they're authorized and they have the power to do. So they're not constantly checking for you know their managers and their managers' managers to let them do anything. So that's that authority piece. And then autonomy so that they can be creative, even in more transactional roles, so that they can be creative, they feel like they have their jurisdiction, which they can act within. So those two dimensions are fundamental dimensions of how do we increase employee morale? How do we increase their productivity? And to do that for a lot of times for businesses that are trying to scale and bring on more employees, it's more complicated than it seems, but it's fundamentally a process problem. So if you want to give those things to employees, you have to design processes that allow for it. Yet yeah, They have to have strong logic. They have to have strong system controls. They have to have monitoring so that managers can lay off a little bit and you can give them authority and you can make sure that people are being coached and leveraged correctly. So again, that's a broad stroke answer, but process science focuses on these specific dimensions and then provides the tools and the methods so that you can change your processes to enable these things in your organization. So, okay, I got to ask, in a startup world where you're constantly changing, you're agile, you're shifting to the right, you're going backwards, you're standing upside down, putting processes in play feels really heavy handed to be able to be agile. How do you manage putting processes that won't block your agility? Yeah. I love this question because, you know, you and the way the question is framed and a lot of people out there, you're probably thinking the same thing. Process equals stifling bureaucracy, standard operating procedures. Process equates in your mind to 
heaviness in the organization. And, and like you said, the opposite of agile, but, but actually, in fact, it's quite the opposite. So if you have process in place, the right kind of process in place, it allows the structure for you to be more adaptable and be more agile in practice. Because people think with, if there's no documented process, if there's very little structured process, that allows us to be more adaptable. But in reality, everyone who's tried to go that route, you just realize it's just more chaotic. And when you're more chaotic and everyone has their own freedom to do whatever they want, it's actually harder to get even 10 people, if they were all allowed to do whatever they want, to adapt, to evolve to the next iteration, to the next sprint of your company, your process, your project, whatever you're talking about. So in practice, process design is really trying to find that intersection of giving people structure, giving people standard lanes in which they can operate in, making sure people have the right authority and they're empowered to be creative, but also that everyone who has a particular role card in an organization or piece in a more advanced operating model, they know what piece they're playing so that the whole system works together. So that that's... Again, the questions, I, I feel like you're lobbing me big ones, so I know I'm talking very <laughs> broadly, but generally good process engineering, good process design is the foundation that allows you to be more agile because everyone knows what they're doing. They know the value proposition of the company. There's more transparency. There's better technology enablement. All those things come from process engineering. So they're not diametrically opposed. In fact, they're, they're very much synchronized if you're doing process work correctly. So how do you get started? Like, you know, my, my listeners, they might want to be like, okay, I, I kind of like the concept, but what do, how do I start? What, what's like the first step in getting organized to put these processes into place? Sure. The first step, especially for entrepreneurs and when your company's small, is document your process. Document all the process you can. And that may seem, well, what is that going to do? But in fact, if you're the person who started your business, you may think, and you do know the process the best, better than anyone. Anything that's coming at you, you know how to do it. But now challenge yourself to write it down so that you can explain it to a single other person, even yourself. You're going to find a lot of insight when you actually write down what your processes are, what the logic is you're using to make decisions, how you're engaging your resources, how do you, what are the patterns that allow you to create value on an ongoing basis. Because writing it down, even with pen and paper, however is most intuitive to you, that's the beginning of capturing and structuring process data. And when I say process data, I mean, I'm talking about the data that describes how your operation and how your business works as a whole. That's always the start. Yeah. And I find when I go through that kind of process, I find where I can eliminate something, be more efficient, more effective, or, hey, maybe I should go to the left instead of the right and see how that turns out. That's exactly right. You just, you just nailed it, which is if you write it down and you're actually looking at it outside of your head, you can engage your common sense faculties most of the time. And you don't even need to be a process expert to look at something and say, oh, this doesn't look right. Like you said, this needs to go left, not right. But sometimes when it's internalized, it's actually hard to identify that. So visualizing it and kind of making it tangible in the real world allows you to work with it. And this is even more important now that the entire market is becoming digitized. How many people are actually working co-located now doing something tactile with all of their team members in one room anymore? It's becoming a rare thing, especially for entrepreneurs. And as you become more digital, geographically dispersed, working with contractors all over the world, it's very hard to see your process. So just writing it down in whatever way comes most naturally to you is always going to be step one. And that could be pen and paper. It could be up to the most advanced process mapping software out there. It could be the new Truval product that we're coming out with. But whatever it is, you've got to start documenting processes so you can see them and talk about them. And I think it also like can bring more creativity too, because now 
one of the things I love about writing or getting something out of the brain is you're making more room for other thoughts too. Do you find that your customers or your clients are experiencing that when they start to write these processes out? Absolutely. Yeah, that I, I can't understate the benefits. And like you said, if it's on paper and it's out of your brain, you've created something in the real world that can be interrogated, that can be shared, that can be built upon. You can contain a tremendous amount of experience and knowledge in your own mind. And a lot of times startup founders do. They don't they have they don't feel like they have enough time to write things down. They just have to do. They're constantly doing. Yeah. The more you write it down, the more you build, like you said, the base of what could be the book of your knowledge, the, the description of your business. So you got to write it down iteratively over time for sure. Or if you are a CEO founder that just feels like I don't have the time to write it down, then record it and ha- and get a virtual assistant to write it down for you or something like that, right? Get it out of your head. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a recording. It's not typically what you think about with documentation, but it's a form of creating a process document, right? A transcript, whatever it is. It's just process. It's all about process data. If you want to manage anything, you have to have data. If you want to manage your processes, you have to have process data. And that means it has to be structured in something. Yeah, that makes sense. So speaking of process science, and how does that correlate or work with managing your organizational changes? I know you spoke briefly about it a minute ago. Yeah, so organizational changes are just project work, ultimately. And, you know, I like to say that because people, they think, oh, they think they have a deficient project in their head, and then you've got operating model changes, organizational changes. But if you think about from a process science perspective, let me put it this way. Your operating model is just how you organize your people and your technology to enable your process design. That's what an operating model is in its simplest form. So you have a design intention for your processes to work a certain way for your customers, and then you have to pick how you're going to organize people in tech to actually make it happen, enable process. So organizational changes are nothing more than changing your configuration typically of people and technology to enable a process. What process? You got to write it down first. So writing down processes, and that's a process science endeavor for the most part. How you better tools to write down process and analyze and design them, that's all great process science work that you can do and tools you can leverage. And then using actually doing the change management to get people and technology from one configuration of process to another, that's a whole slew of skills. And you could say it's all falling under that jurisdiction, but then you have to be a good change manager, a good project manager. But it starts with that whole process design piece. What process are you trying to enable and what changes are you trying to make to that process? That's great. Thank you. So um, we talked a little bit about the benefits of process science within the employee-employer relationship, but what are some of the benefits for the organization in regards to the outputs and and potential errors? Sure. And that's the bread and butter of process work. And it's always been that way for decades, which is if you're trying to reduce your cost, if you're trying to streamline your operation, if you're trying to get a handle on what is your cost structure per unit, per headcount, whatever it is, it's just pure process work. And that's why it, there's no business that couldn't use the skill set. No matter what kind of entrepreneur you are, what industry, what business, what segment, having a good handle on a process improvement or a process science tool set is going to benefit you in the ways that you just asked about. You're going to be able to always have a handle on what is my business costing me? Why is it costing me that? Where are there opportunities for streamlining our cost structure, et cetera? I can also see like as you start to grow and expand, that that would be a great tool to have in, in your tool belt uh, for managing your headcount growth. Is it time for us to bring on another person? If not, then where's the efficiency that we can find 
stabilize the current headcount, right? And and maybe we've done everything we can and now it's time to get additional headcount. Do you see your clients doing that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, my consulting practice, that's all we do. From a process perspective, that's the question everyone's trying to answer. If you're trying to scale or if you're just trying to control costs, this is the question of our times, right? Which is what is the mix of headcount versus technology? Because technology now has become such a more prominent player feasibly in process enablement, meaning I can use artificial intelligence, I can use robots, I can use software robotics. There's so many different options there that you're always asking yourself this question, do I increase headcount? Do I need to increase headcount? Do I need to reduce headcount and replace them with technology now? Do I need to not increase headcount and bring more technology in? If so, what technology? What type of artificial intelligence? What type of automation? Those are all fundamentally process questions. If you don't understand the cost of your process, what resources you're using now to enable your process at, at its current state, how could you be educated to make those decisions about human resources, headcount augmentation, headcount reduction? This is all fundamentally process questions. That's great. Thank you so much, Sam. I really appreciate the conversation. Uh, my last question for you is what would what else would you like to share with, that you would like the audience to know about in regards to process science and what you can offer? Sure. So again, process science is fairly new, but what we're really talking about is a set of process tools and methods and ways to acquire process data that are standard so that we can start comparing results. So you don't have to hire 10 consultants and get 10 different answers because that's a major problem right now that we face in this space. So the one thing I like to impart on people from a process science perspective is please internalize the fact that process analysis, process data acquisition through process mapping or other means, this can all be standard. You shouldn't have to struggle uh, with your onboarding process, for instance, for onboarding new headcount, because every company in the world onboards headcount. You should have process models you can reference to, to get some ideas of how to do these <laughs> things instead of recreating the wheel every time. So the thing I'd like to impart is, we already talked about it, write down your processes, start to become a process person in whatever way makes the most sense for you, and start to think about talking about your business and process terms, because then you can really start to engage with it in a different way. And there's a million different things we can say about that, but check us out at Truval if you're interested in, in our process mapping software, because we're trying to make it so very intuitive and easy for you to get started, so you don't have to be scared of learning a whole new tool and a whole new skill set. But other than that, Pen and paper is still fine. Recording is still fine. Whatever it takes, just start talking about your processes. That's all. And I think that fits any size organization, right? I think about the startups like you where you're 10 people uh, or me where I'm one, but I have some consultants that work with me uh, or a size that's 150. Like if you are a bigger organization, then I would recommend that you have all of your managers at every level do go through this exercise. If you're a small organization, maybe it's just you as the founder or maybe co-founder. So it's a great exercise to go through and find those efficiencies, and especially in today's world where startups, you know, the VC back startup technology startup, the economy's not where it was two years ago. And, you know, the pennies are not flowing as freely. So every penny that you spend is getting you closer to having to go out and ask for more money. So why not cut back and find ways to make your business be as efficient as possible while you scale it up? Absolutely, I could have said it better myself. I mean, even <laughs> if even if we were all flush with cash like we were two years ago, five years ago, it's always better to have a control, uh, just have a budget, have control of your process costs over time. It's the ultimate way to be sustainable. And I think- yeah. Sustainability is the name of the game. Now, if you want to stay relevant. 
Absolutely. Well, thanks, Pam, for your time. I really appreciate learning more about process science and how it engages with employee relationship and the business itself. And um, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being on the show. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Bye.